blessed return. I'm good to see you again. I think I'll keep saying this every time I come to Basra this year, because I feel we missed everyone. Of course, we have. Um, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Tonight's Gospels, uh, what about the prophecies, the Lord prophesying about his very own death and resurrection? The Gospels were actually selected for this uh, purpose. Um, I'm going to read the, the Gospel that was read in the first hour, maybe just a portion of it, so we can just get our minds around it, and uh, maybe help us all to focus on the theme of, of, uh, of tonight. Um, so I'm reading from John chapter 12. Uh, now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him, my father, will honor him. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say, Father, save me from this hour? But for this purpose I came to this hour, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, saying, I have glorified and will glorify Again, glory be to God forever. Uh, so why did the Lord say, this is the hour that your name will be glorified? What happened at this hour? This must have been a specific, something must have specifically happened that this hour became the hour that he is glorified and that the name of the Father is glorified as well. As we read, actually during the feast of the Passover, some of the Greeks said some of the Greeks came to celebrate the Passover. And these are usually not just Greeks, but these are uh, Jews living outside of Jerusalem. And they would come to celebrate the feast of the Passover and they would call them the Greeks. And some, some of them may be uh, converts into uh, Judaism. So they would call them the Greeks. And now if his fame has spread far enough to outside of Judea and those who are coming from outside of Judea, coming and asking about him, then his fame has spread within uh, Judea enough, right? Because those who are strangers coming and when they came to Judea, they started to ask, where is Jesus? Where is the teacher? Where is the rabbi, right? And they started to hear about the miracles. They started to hear about the teachings. And now they're contemplating, is he just a teacher? Is he the Messiah? Is this is the one that we've waited for? Um, and so the Lord recognized, of course, that now that his fame has spread out, then that means everyone in Judea and everyone in Jerusalem 
found out about him. If the people that are outside of Jerusalem found out, then the people in Jerusalem and in Judea also definitely knew. And so he said, this is the hour uh, that, uh, to be glorified. And, and what is this glorification that he's referring to? He gave us the parable of the grain of wheat. He says, unless the grain of wheat dies, it will not bring fruit. Unless the grain of wheat actually dies, it will not bring much fruit. And of course, he was referring to his own death and his own resurrection. Now, this verse in itself was actually very important in the early church. Because that meant that the Lord had to die bodily and to rise bodily. And the church leaned on this verse in defending against heresies. He said, if, if, if he dies bodily, then he had a body. And if he is risen bodily, then he had a body. And so in the early church, when there were heresies against the Lord being incarnate and taking flesh, some of the church fathers looked into this verse and said what? No, no, no. Look, he's referring to his own death and he's referring to his very own resurrection. Of course, uh, some heresies uh, continued to linger a little bit. And, and claims came to be that it was not him who was crucified, but with somebody who looked like him. This is as we've spoken in the past that some heresies actually develop into other heresies and sometimes even in bigger heresies. And, and although the heresies and the heretics decided to deny his incarnation and deny his death and deny his resurrection, we as Christians said what? Said no, no, no. He himself confirmed his own death and his own resurrection. He prophesied it and he performed it. We don't only confess it with him, we also receive it and claim it and live by it. If other religions want to deny the Lord his bodily incarnation, and if other religions and other heresies want to deny him his death and his resurrection, we say no. We don't. He didn't. He wanted to die for us. And we confess his death and we confess his resurrection. You say all what you want. This is what we believe. He truly died and he is truly risen. What's even amazing about this, that the Lord said, for this purpose, I have come. And he asked, what purpose, Lord? He says, I have come to die and to rise. For this purpose you came, yes. For this exact purpose I have come. I have come to die. And if actually from the day I was born until the day of my resurrection, I lived a life of death. His whole life, when you look into it, is a life of death. Willfully, yes. He says, this is the purpose why I came. The Lord lived his life not without a purpose. It was very purposeful life, very intentional. He came for a specific purpose. He lived by this very specific purpose. And he lived every day 
to fulfill this very purpose. And he says, he says, uh, my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. So, so the Lord, even as he was prophesying about his death, this was agony in him. This was pain. For him to prophesy his own death was not easy. And so he carried this pain in his soul. And he carried it in his body, literally. And so, again, although some other you know, heretics and some other religions would come and say he did not die, or was someone like him, or he did not take a body, would say no. He himself died, and he came for this purpose. And we also confess it, we claim it, and we even live it. By the way, um, those who followed the Lord lived in that life for that purpose as well. Like if you look into the life of St. Paul, for example, he says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I'm, I'm willing to die. But if I live, I live to serve his holy name. And if I die, it's better for me to die. Paul also lived a life with a purpose. He lived a life with a purpose. Life to them and to the Lord was not random. It was not something that I wake up today and let's see what the day is like. But what was it about? It was about a very specific purpose. What was the purpose? It was to confess him and to show the world his death and his resurrection. It says if his coming was for this purpose, then our lives should be changed and altered and be around that very specific purpose. And so, uh, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to be a ransom. And, and you wonder, Lord, why would you want to come to be a ransom? Sure, if you wanted to be a ransom, sure, but, but come and, and have some, you know, dignity a little bit in life. How about that? How about just having some dignity in life and at the end die? He says, no. That's not what I want. What do you want, Lord? My purpose is to completely die. To die and to be against the world that is rejecting God. From the very moment of his birth, and that's exactly his purpose. So, so, so it was the Lord and all those who followed him, by the way, who held on that fact of living a life of purpose to die to the world and to offer his life for everyone. So I, I have come for this purpose. But this is so painful. He says, yes, I know it's painful. Your, your soul will go through agony. He says, yes, I know my soul will go through agony. And even when the disciples attempted to deny him his death, 
It says, don't, don't, don't say that. When Peter took him on the side and rebuked him, he says, don't, don't speak of, of this. He says, no, get behind me, Satan. For this purpose I have come. And so we, we, we gather this week really around this very, not just one week of the Lord's life, And I, I don't want us to reduce this week, if I may say even reduce, with all the hymns and all the prophecies and all the readings. If you may allow me, I don't think we want to reduce this week as if we're living with the Lord did that very last week only. We're actually living with the Lord in this week, his whole life. His purpose of coming. If we reduce this week to um, only the last week of the Lord, then we missed out on much, much of what the Lord, what the Lord had done in His whole life. And I think we would have, we would be even missing out on on much of what is happening what happened in his life leading to this last week. So please let's not reduce this week, if I may say. Yes, we are living with him in every, almost every moment as we come morning and night and, and starting tomorrow, we go through the week exactly. But let's not reduce this week to this only. This week is really a centered around his whole life. It's as if someone, you know, his whole life was to be, for example, a doctor or a lawyer or to have a business or to be a teacher and just very dedicating, dedicated his life completely for this purpose. And you come and say, you know, uh, you, your whole life is great, but, you know, that day of graduation is the day. It is the day. It's the celebration of this graduation, but, but this did not happen only in one day. This is an accumulation of his whole life. So, uh, so, so, so the Lord lived his life with this purpose. And I, I keep repeating this word purpose because I, I feel in a sense that in our busy life, I think we lose, a, we lose our purpose. We'll get into the cycle of day in and day out, morning and night, day in and day out. Kids, you know, house chores, bills, and et cetera, et cetera. And these are important things that we have to do. But we somehow forget there is a purpose in life. Um, I don't know if I shared this with you before. But during the COVID time, when we had that surge in, in uh, during December and January, I think all the priests got similar messages, but I'll tell you about some that I've received. And I got messages of people saying, you know, absolve me for all my sins before I go. Okay. It, it's not, it, we can't take this lightly, we can't. These people felt literally they're dying and they're catching on their last almost breath, maybe. Um, and, and you get several 
messages. I get several messages like that. Pray for me. I don't know if I'm waking up next day morning. Uh, or for example, I get a message from nurses saying, I, I have people dying. I, I, I'm calling mortuaries and they're not coming to pick up. They're too full. And so you put things in perspective about our purpose in life. And you say, what are we living for? What is our purpose? And the Lord today, by the way, made this easy on us. The Lord did not invite us today to be Peter. And he did not invite us to be Paul. And he did not invite us to be John. He did not invite us to be any of the disciples. But he invited us, he invited us to lose our lives. Harsh, huh? Difficult. And he made it very clear. He says, he who loses, he who loves his life, lose it. And he who hates it uh, in this world will keep it for eternal life. Tough. I think a change of purpose and a change of perspective on life is what he uh, sets before us. What kind of invitation is this? He says, this is what I want you to live like. And I say, Lord, we have youth. And he says, yes, I know. They're my children. And see, we have people in their middle age, and he says, yes, I know. They're my brothers and sisters. So why are you inviting us to lose our lives here on earth? He says, for them to keep it in eternal life. And I ask, do you think youth and middle-aged men and women and older uh, people will follow you when you say that? He says, they should, <laughs> because I know better. Um, and so what do, you, what do we do? How do we live this calling? How do we live a life with purpose to lose it here on earth? Tough? The gospel did not leave us, by the way, um, without direction in this. Uh, when the Lord spoke, uh, he says, he who hates it in this world. He definitely was clearly referring to the world ideology. All what you see in the world and, and the world and its ideology is in a sense, if not bluntly, against the Lord. And so, Paul sheds light on this and he says, you know, I beseech your brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, which is your reasonable services. It's an offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is how do I do this? This is offer as, as a, a reasonable services. What, how do I do this? You know, I, I don't have anything wrong in my life. You know, I, one might say, you know, I don't have adultery. I don't have pornography. I don't have hatred, hatred to anyone. I don't have 
jealousy. I don't have this. I don't have that. How, so how do I offer my love? He says, offer it as a reasonable sacrifice. Says, what does that mean? He says, offer it in prayers. Offer it in serving one another. Offer it in true love. Offer it in true humility. Do you still hold grudges from people? If you do, you're not dead to the world. You're not, you're not losing your life enough. You still have jealousy? You're not losing it enough. You're still holding a thought or a grudge against aunt or uncle who told you something like 10 years ago. Still holding it has a place in your heart that when you see them, you're upset or you don't like it or this or that, then it's, you're not dying enough to the world. You're not losing it. The world tells me to live a prideful life, to live a life, uh, uh, and you call it uh, to live a life uh, of dignity, which is, I think dignity is good. Nothing wrong with dignity. But with dignity, if, if, if it becomes an obstacle in forgiveness, then I am not losing my life enough to this world. And I'm not keeping it to eternal life. Because when you look into the Lord, He, by His crucifixion, He held nothing back. Up until the time He was crucified, He was asking for their forgiveness. So offer your, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Paul also tells us what will separate us from the love of Christ. Distress, persecution, famine, struggles. He says, if this is what will um, separate us from the love of Christ, he says, no, none of this. He says, we counted ourselves as sheep ready to be slaughtered. For his sake, because he came and died for me. So this is against the world. Yes. So, if you are sensitive, I get upset quickly, then pride is still in you. And you're not losing your life enough. And you're not living the invitation that the Lord had called you to. And I know these things are such a challenge for us to live. I, I really, really know that these are real challenges. And you say, Abuna, so do I live completely without any dignity in the family or in the church or at work? I tell you, a lot of this is about what goes on inside you. What goes on inside you, you only know and God. And you only, you are only the judge. 
for these things. And if these things consume you, bother you, or eat you. He says, how, how else do I die to the world? I tell you, if you're young, you know, your body probably is desiring carnal lust. And Paul tells us, put to death your carnal lust. He says, what are they? He says, the members of your body, he says, well, what are these? He says, fornication, lust, uh, uncleanness, passion. He says, these, these almost became members of who you are. He says, put to death these things. This is how we lose our lives in this world. Says, this is good. This is good for us. This is how we participate in his death and in his purposeful living. Um, when, when there was a lot of talk about purpose living and purposeful living, it was good and great. But I don't know if it went far enough to the complete denial of oneself. So put to death your carnal lust. He says, what is it? He says, uncleanness, passion, fornication. Just put all this out. Um, I am baffled, honestly. I want to go back to the world ideologies. I'm baffled by what some of our youth honestly believe in certain very important um, Christian beliefs, honestly, about what the body is, the sanctity of the body, um, the holiness of the body. I am baffled sometimes by, this, by the things that I hear commonly shared on social media and that express um, our identity in Christ that is completely sometimes, I, I, I think it's completely lost. So, say, how is this Christian? How do you claim Christianity if you're standing up for this or you're claiming this? Or you're living this. How do you how do you claim Christian faith if you have these values in life? This is the world's completely crept in you. It's completely creeping in your mind. And and so when the Lord the Common says, if you lose your life, you will keep it in eternal life. He says, you lose it in this world. He made it to the world, to the ideology of the world, um, to the thoughts of the world, and not just in our minds, but in our bodies. Do you have impurities as a young man and young woman? Do you have impurities in the body and in the thoughts and in the minds and your eyes? This need to be put away. He says, Lord, what do I do? How do I put these things away? I tell you again, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. How do I do this? Throw yourself into prayers. Throw yourself into fasting. There are many times that we deny. Throw yourself into prostrations. Asking God for his grace. And you can tell him, Lord, glorify your name in me. Make me overcome this. Tell him, I want to lose my life to the world. And see what he will do. See what he will do. Truly, 
embrace this dying to the world. Have this as purpose in life. I'm not saying, you know, don't have your dreams about, you know, marriage. I'm not saying don't have your dreams about uh, your business. I'm not saying don't have your dreams about your schooling. Don't have your dreams about your family. Have all these dreams. But the things that are against Christ, the things that are from this world, the ideologies of the, of the world, the things that are against Christ, this put away and purposefully lose it. Glory be to God forever.